Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Florida Podcast. This is your host, Brandon Holland. It is Tuesday, October 27th, 2020. We are one week away from the elections. I'm excited. I know a lot of people are ready to get it over with. We're almost there. All right. It's Tough Talk Tuesday. We have the updated COVID numbers to go over. And then I'm going to go ahead and talk about Amendment 3 that will be on the Florida ballot. Big amendment. Got to get into that before I get into all the content. Good luck to the Rays tonight. Game 6, World Series, 8 o'clock. Rays and Dodgers. Rays have to get a win tonight to keep this thing going. Hopefully they will do that. And tomorrow, if applicable, Game 7. So, again, good luck, gentlemen. Get out there. Do your thing. Like I said, hopefully get this W tonight to extend it to Game 7 tomorrow. All right. Now, let's go ahead and get into this COVID data. As you all know, on Tuesdays, I'd like to get the updates from FloridaHealthCOVID19.gov. Phenomenal website. Again, it just does a great job of breaking everything down into categories where you can jump right on, go to a different subtopic, get into the data, and get off. So, I mean, new cases by day are on there, death by date of death by date of death. New case positivity rates, they also break it down with this. They have like an awesome dashboard that you can go on, and it really, really breaks it down by county. It's good stuff. So whenever I go on, you can also go through the case monitoring, case monitoring, long-term care facility data, long-term care facility death data. If I could talk today, I'd be dangerous. License group health and license group homes. Also has the total antibody results. Again, these are all broken down into separate reports. Easy. So let's go ahead and jump into the state report. The only thing about it, the way they have it, it's really so much data. Everything's so small. So when I'm trying to read the numbers off, it's like, ugh, I can't see anything. So as of today, we are at 782,013 total cases. 771,989 of those are Florida residents. 10,000, excuse me, 10,024 non-Florida residents. In terms of the type of testing, positive by the CDC, 28,700, 28,279, and positive by commercial hospital labs, 743,710. So, Scrolling down to the characteristics, Florida residents hospitalized, 48,281. Florida resident deaths, total 16,449. 203 non-Florida resident deaths since the beginning of this outbreak. Scroll down a little bit further to the risk factors for Florida residents. Traveled, 6,855. Contact with a known case, 290,000. 686 traveled and contact with a known case 7,487 neither 466,961 no travel no contact 102,584 travel is unknown 252,489 contact is unknown 202,001 kind of a random just one number at the back end 
and contact is pending 141,879. So those are the statistical numbers from that website. So again, go on there. If you have any additional information that you're looking for, great, great website. I saved a tweet from Governor DeSantis from a couple days, a few days ago, and he dropped some good, 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 good information in terms of where we are with COVID in the state of Florida. So this tweet states that one said ED visits for COVID-like illness are down nearly 80% since the July peak and have remained stable at this lower level since the beginning of September. Also said two, number two, the percentage positive tests for October 23rd is 4.01%, including 3.16% for Palm Beach, 3.13% for Miami-Dade, and 4.597% for Broward. It's important that he pointed those out because those are the areas that have had the largest number of COVID patients since the outbreak started. Also said the number of ICU patients being treated for COVID has declined by 24% over the past month. The number of patients hospitalized for COVID has declined by 7% over the past month. Florida has 24% of hospital beds sitting empty. 23% of ICU beds are empty. It also says less than 3.5% of all licensed hospital beds in Florida are occupied by COVID patients. So we're still trending in the right direction. It's very important that you actually listen to people that are in the state of Florida. If you watch the mainstream mediocres, they make it still seem like Florida is going to drift off into the Atlantic Ocean. So positivity. It's all about the positivity. We're getting through this as best we can. So that is going to wrap up that segment of COVID talk. Now we have to get into Florida Amendment 3. Got to talk about Florida Amendment 3. We'll be on the ballot next Tuesday. It's a yes or no vote. Okay. And what this has to deal with is the primary situation here in Florida. Florida is one of 11 states with a closed primary. What that means when you're voting for the primary, you have to be registered as a Republican or a Democrat to participate. You're not, if you're no party affiliation or independent, you are not able to participate in the primaries. So what A3, I'm going to read this from ballotpedia.org so you have the technical definition of all this stuff, and then I will get into my personal views on it. So, all right, basically what it's saying is Florida Amendment 3, the top two open primaries for state offices initiative is based on the ballot in Florida as an initiative constitutional amendment. So basically what it comes down to is in an attempt to get everyone involved in the primary, they're trying to use Amendment 3 to open up voting. However, the main main thing for everyone to know is what it would do, it would put all of the candidates on one ticket. So everyone would vote and then the top two in the primary would then go to the general election regardless of party. So the way ballot way the way ballotpedia.org describes it is a yes vote supports establishing a top two open primary system for primary elections for state legislators. The governor and cabinet 
Attorney General, Chief Financial Officer, and Commissioner of Agriculture in Florida. A no vote opposes establishing a top two open primary system for primary elections, thereby leaving in place Florida's current system where closed primaries are held by each party. So if you're in favor of keeping things the way they are, you know how to vote. If you want the change, then you know how to vote. So we have that established. Again, it's an amendment to, you know, one of our laws in the state of Florida. And this is a big, big, big deal. So very, very important. Do your research on these topics, people, before you head to vote next Tuesday. I know it's the last, you know, we're, we're coming down the home stretch, but you know, again, this is a yes or no vote. So my personal feelings on this is I do not um, like this bill. So if you're going to ask me if I'm going to be voting yes or no, I will be voting no. And I will give you my reasons because I watched this exact same thing happen in California. They passed this. And what happened is that basically, I mean, it the... So the way they try to sell it is the pro of this is to open the elections up and let everybody participate, but they really try to sell it based on the fact that, you know, now people that are have no party affiliation and or independents can run for office and they'll be involved and they can have the opportunity to get votes as well. One of those things sounds good in theory, sounds like it's being inclusive it's not how this works. I'll tell you what really happens. This actually does the complete opposite and allows both parties to consolidate power and also allows the party to do things like you can basically end up with a situation where votes get diluted because there's so many candidates. Like what I would do, you know, if I was running one of the political parties and this got passed, I would just run 10 to 15 different Republicans or 10 to 15 different Democrats. And that way I would have a better chance of sending two because obviously you just don't have the funding. A lot of the people that will run on a no party affiliation platform, an independent platform will not have enough money to run their campaigns. And I'm sorry, money has a lot to do with where we are right now. And when you're, when I'm thinking about going to the poll on Tuesday, you know, I, Saying that the, the amount of money in politics is a problem is not going to do anything in terms of voting yes or no on Tuesday. You know, that's a different topic. Kind of, we're all in the situation where you have to vote yes or you have to vote no. So that's what I would do. I would just have a bunch of candidates go with the hopes of just sending two from one party to, to be able to go to the general election. I mean, if you wanted to really have this conversation, in my opinion, I would be more apt to come along with you if you were saying that, you know, we could open it up and have no party affiliation and independence vote in the primary, but you still have to have one person from each party go to the general. I may, maybe would come on board with you on that, but that would bring up a whole different myriad of discussions that would have to be had. So, Again, it's just one of those things. Pretty much anytime you see something that's happened in California, you know it's, you know, probably not the best thing. 
because look at the results of what's going on with their legislation in the state of California. And another thing, too, I scroll down whenever there's an initiative that's trying to be, you know, voted on. I always want to see who's behind it and I want to see where the money is coming from. So scroll down and I saw that there's a group called All Voters, All Voters Vote, Inc., and they are leading the support of Amendment 3. They've raised $6.5 million in contributions, and they've had $6.8 million in expenditures. So you got to peel back the onion a little bit. Found out that Immigration Partnership and Coalition, um, IMPAC, IMPAC, I don't know how they pronounce it, their fund is the largest donor. So basically you have the... Immigration Partnership and Coalition PAC or fund donating to All Voters Vote Inc. They donated $6.1 million. And Miguel Fernandez, the founder of the Immigration Partnership and Coalition, so I went and looked at their website. And as soon as I hopped on their website, the very first thing that I saw on their homepage is keep the American dream alive for Florida's immigrant and minority owned small business. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right, cool. I'm like, that sounds good. Economically important. Sounds good. Sounds good. Politically smart. All right, I'm with you on that. And then I see morally correct. Pump the brakes. Morally correct is one of those red flag things that I hear. And I'm like, that is, whoo. I always think about... Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, when she made her famous comment that people are too busy worried about being factually correct rather than being morally right. And that is a huge red flag for me. So I, I did a bunch of other research on this organization, and you can do it as well. It's impacfund.org. I'm packed. I'm packed. I don't know if it's pronounced I'm packed. I don't know, but that's the website. You can go on there and check it out. And anytime I hear that play on morality, it just, again, it's a red flag for me because I know where that's coming from. That is something that's being pumped into everybody's brain by the radical leftists that have taken over the Democratic Party about trying to make everything about morals over being factually correct. And I feel as though as long as people do their due diligence and people are factually correct and tell the truth, I'd rather deal with that than try to deal with people who have questionable shifting morals (laughs) and values in terms of how they define what's right and wrong. You know, something's a fact, it's a fact. I like that a lot better than I like when someone tries to start talking about morals and values because I don't know what your morals and values are. I don't really care what your morals and values are. And maybe you probably don't care what mine are, but that's the way I would look at it. It's like, just tell me the truth. I don't care. Uh, Morality is, truth is more important to me. feel that, you know, I'm able to do both. I'm going to tell the truth first and hopefully my, the morals and values that I stand on are, you know, Those are what I stand on. That is what I feel about that. But it's, you know, it's an exciting time. I want to try to end these podcasts on a positive note as we get close to the election. I don't want to be negative nanny all day, but it's exciting because voting is exciting because this is our chance 
to tell our government officials what we think. You know, this is our time. They can say all the things they want to say about things that are happening in our communities. But guess what? We have the power to vote them out. We have the power to make change. That's the biggest thing. Don't ever let them try to tell you. Don't ever let any politician try to tell you that your vote doesn't matter because it does. It matters so much. So we have to be in a position where we look at all of the different things that are going to be on the ballot and do your homework, do your research, get out there and vote. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people get out and vote. They don't really know what they're voting for. And then when bad stuff starts happening, it's like, how'd this happen? It's like, well, you know, kind of voted for those people. But you can right the wrong by voting the people out, too. So, look, we have power. We all have power. That's the thing. Don't ever let them tell you or make you feel like you don't. Get out there. Tell people about the different amendments, the different things that are going to be on the ballot. And let's get it done. I'm excited. Again, we're a week away. So I have some last-minute research to do on some of the other campaigns that are on my personal, you know, my ballot here in the district that I'm in. So. Again, it's going to be good stuff. Now, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Again, go raise tonight. Hopefully, I will be able to come back tomorrow and start my whack-ass Wednesday with some good news, praising the Rays about getting a win tonight and looking forward to watching a Game 7. So, everybody, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Till then, this is the Florida Podcast. Signing off.